1: But first, on International Women's Day on March 8th, we're being asked to vote on two referendums proposing to expand the definition of family in Bunrochnaheran. The proposals seek to recognise durable relationships and to replace the language around women in the home with language recognising care within families. In a recent Irish Times poll, 53% of voters indicated they knew hardly anything about the referendums. Earlier, I spoke to Taoiseach Leo Radker to explain what were being asked in the referendums and why the government is advocating for yes yes yes. I began by asking the Taoiseach what is a durable relationship.
0: Okay so uh, at the moment the constitution says that the family should be be protected that won't change Uh, that the institution of marriage um, should be protected and that won't change and that the family is based on marriage and that won't change. What will change is if people vote yes is that we recognise that families that is the family unit, can be based on other things other than marriage. So a durable relationship is a strong, committed, caring relationship. And there's about about a million people in the country, believe it or not, who are part of a family that is not a marital family. So it could be somebody um, who is being raised as a lone parent or as a lone parent themselves, uh, somebody raised by their grandparents, um, a couple cohabiting with children. So uh, those are the kind of relationships we have envisaged. Uh, To a large extent, our laws already reflect that, but our constitution, and this has been proven in recent court cases, our constitution says that they're not a family. um, And I don't think that's in line with the values of our modern society, and that's why we're asking for that to change.
1: And you mentioned there are couples who are cohabiting, but we know, Keisha, for example, there are families who have challenges in terms of getting accommodation that allows them to live together. So I'm uh, thinking of an example of someone who contacted me recently who was talking about the housing crisis and saying that um, her partner was gone with the dog back to his mum and dad and she had moved into her parents' house with the two small children and they were no longer living together and they're also not married. So what would this mean for that particular unit?
0: Um, well, look, I, 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 they, they, they could be considered a family, of course, um, uh, depending on their their, their circumstances. Um, you know, people who are divorced or separated can still be a family, um, even if they're not living together. Um, but, look, I, I understand uh, a lot of people are in very difficult situations like that, and uh, I'd love if there was a constitutional amendment that could fix the housing crisis, because if there was, I'd do it. Um, but uh, that's, that's a much more difficult problem to solve and one that of course involves building a lot more homes and that's that's something we're doing about thousand new homes built last year and uh even more this year
1: another question from a listener jackie says can a man have seven wives in the marital home in ireland and this will be okay is that what we're moving towards
0: no that's definitely not the case um I, i'm not sure if there is anybody in the world who's seven wives by the way but let's just take that as a theoretical uh, possibility or idea um do you remember the marriage equality referendum back in 2015 uh, i think most of your listeners would mm-hmm. and they mightn't remember the wording uh, and the wording that we all voted for then was that a marriage can be contracted by two persons without distinction as to sex so very clear in our constitution that marriage can only be between two people
1: okay um in terms of the purpose of this why why now
0: Um, Why why not now? (laughs) I suppose it's it's a question I'd ask. Um, uh, The proposal to make make this amendment to the constitution, it's it's been floating around actually since the 1990s. Um, Brian Lennon, if you remember him, before he even became a minister, uh, chaired a committee that recommended this. We've had a constitutional convention, a citizens assembly, uh, an all party committee, and if anything, I think this is something we should have done a long time ago, um, but just other priorities took over. Um, and if you think about it in these in these ways, our constitution was written back in 1937, um, was written by people, almost all of them men, um, who were born in the 1800s it's a constitution that serves as well but a lot of it's just out of date and we want to update it um, it's not just a legal document it's also a statement of our values as a country and this is a change that we think is not just timely but if anything overdue
1: so we want to move on out to the care amendment what exactly is the care amendment
0: Okay, so the Care Amendment will put a a new article in our constitution. At the moment, there are references to care in the constitution, but um, they frame it in terms of um, a woman in the home and mothers neglecting their duties in the home. Uh, and again, we think that doesn't reflect uh, the real world in the modern world where uh, a care is often provided by men as well as women, um, and that should be the case. Um, uh, women disproportionately bear the burden uh, of care in our society, uh, and that needs to change, and I think will change, um, over the next couple of decades. And then also um, it talks about care in the home. and As we all know, uh, care can happen outside of the home as well. So modernises that language, makes it gender neutral, um, and then also uh, puts an obligation on the state to strive to support family care. It doesn't say that the state is responsible for care, but it does say that the state has to be there to uh, support uh, family carers. And strive, as you know, means to work vigorously, it means to struggle, uh, and it puts that new additional obligation on the state that isn't really there at the moment.
1: Well it's interesting you mention that actually because a couple of the comments that come in are people concerned about the use of the word strive so Linda says I'm not happy with the word strive it doesn't sound like it's much of a commitment Um, Adrian says why do they use the word strive instead of we will
0: Yeah, so it's always difficult to find the exact um, wording for uh, any referendum or any constitution, and no matter what wording you choose, it is open to interpretation. Uh, So strive, as you know, means struggle, means work vigorously. Um, In the Irish version of the article, and the Irish language takes preference uh, over English in in constitutional law, uh, we use the term dreim, which is to climb, you know, to continue to make steps forward uh, in terms of care. Uh, The risk of putting very absolute language in the constitution, is that when governments and when the Doll elected by the people, have to make hard decisions, you know, for example, um, how budgets are spent, um, it would put a care on a different level, for example, to something like uh, cancer treatment or something like uh, education or something like the Gardaí. And I think that discretion has to be there uh, for the people who are elected to the Dáil, um at a given time. And something too absolute, we felt, would tie the hands, not just of the government and the Oireachtas, but actually tie the hands of the people in making decisions. Us to uh, watch watch get get priority over other things.
1: So, uh, Laura is a mother who is working in the home, and she asked the question: Is this leading somewhere else in terms of women's contribution not being valued anymore?
0: Um, no not at all it uh, recognizes that um, care is provided by men and by women uh, not just by women um, and also recognizes that language like women neglecting their duties in the home uh, is or mothers rather neglecting their duties in the home is, is, is kind of old-fashioned uh, so uh, it recognizes um, that care can be provided by men and women alike um, and I know there's been some suggestion that women or the term women or woman is being taken out of the constitution actually it appears four times in the constitution the only place we're taking it out is where it frames a a woman as being uh, in the home or could be neglecting her duties in the home
1: I know there were some concerns particularly um, I know you probably have heard Tom Clonan and other parents of children with disabilities expressing concerns about the wording of this as well
0: I have, and look, people have different views. Um, you know, even today, there's, there's two articles in, in the paper one from Stephen Teep, who many people will know from the mm-hmm. cervical check controversy, lost his wife. Um, he's a male family carer, and he's voting yes. Um, Senator clone uh, rather, is voting no. People have different views. Um, but, you know, one group that I would listen to a lot it would be the Family Carers Ireland, and they're the, they're the association that represents, you know, tens of thousands of family carers around the country and they're advocating a yes vote. Um, they're not saying the amendment is necessarily perfect or the one that they they would have supported uh, if they'd been able to write it themselves, but they are saying it's better than what's there and that it's a significant step forward, whereas voting no will be a step back. And uh, I'd very much uh, listen to what they have to say uh, when it comes to these things.
1: So we're about three weeks out um, from the vote, and I, I suppose, like, are you concerned at this point if you see statistics like 53% of voters saying they don't know a whole lot about it, that perhaps they would be reluctant to turn out, Tishuk.
0: Well, I think in any referendum campaign, it's often in the last week or two that people engage with it. Um, everyone has busy lives and have other things going on in their lives. So, you know, even if it was um, a general election, it's often only in the last week or so that people engage. And that's part of my job and the job of uh, everyone in government and politics and in the different associations. And huge number of associations are supporting this, the Women's Council, for example. Um, are supporting this too, and uh, it's up to us now just to um, g- get out there on the airwaves and on the doors and outside the supermarkets over the next couple of weeks and let people know this is happening.
1: Okay, one other question. And that they have a say. There's, I suppose there is a question around whether or not um, the government is doing enough to combat the misinformation around this. Is there, is there a serious effort to do that?
0: Uh, There is, but there's only so much we can do. Um, Certainly what I'd say to your listeners is when it comes to anything to do with politics these days or voting in elections, um, go to trusted news sources um, like like the radio stations, like the newspapers, um, uh, like uh, RT and Virgin, for example. A lot of the stuff online is misinformation and disinformation, and some of it can be quite convincing. Um, So, you know, never has... uh, public service media in all its different forms has been more important in my view because there's a lot of people um, up to no good uh, at the moment unfortunately when it comes to elections and public opinion but we do have trusted sources of information and i'd encourage people to, to, to use them and I, and I don't mean the government of finnegale by the way uh, i do mean the newspapers the radio stations um, and and the tv stations
1: Okay, separately I did want to ask you, Taoiseach, a little bit about Simon Coveney and the fact that he's taken a step back from commenting on his brother's uh, exit package from Ortiz. Do you think Simon Coveney should speak publicly on that?
0: I think Simon's made a decision and he made a decision Was it the right you, decision? You know, month, months ago I, I think it is, yeah because where, where somebody has because uh, his brother uh, is a former senior executive in RTE so he took a decision that because of that uh, he had a conflict of interest and he stayed out of any decisions um, in relation to RTE any discussions at Cabinet in relation to RTE and he's reflecting that publicly as well and I think that's the right decision the alternative of course would be for him to um, be actively involved in the debate and the decisions when his brother uh, was a senior executive there so generally that's what happens if somebody's a conflict of interest they uh, say they have it and then they remove themselves from the debate and the discussion I think that's the ethical thing to do
1: But what about the public and the public wanting to hear from him on it?
0: It, Look I I understand that um, but I think a lot of the public would understand that if somebody um, is in a decision making role like Simon uh, and um, you have a family member uh, who's... um, part of that that it's the right thing to do to recuse yourself so it'd be a bit like a judge for example Um, You know, somebody came into the courtroom and one of them was a relation any judge would say no I can't hear this case say for example it was an interview panel and somebody came in for an interview and that person was related to you you of course would say wouldn't you I'm not going to be on an interview panel that would be inappropriate
1: but Simon Coughney is not a judge, though. Tijok. You know, he is a very senior cabinet member, and this is a crucial point in terms of public information. There's been what people have accused as a drip feed of information over the last, um, you know, nine months. By or surely, you know, it's in the public's best interest to have as much openness and transparency as possible.
0: It is in the public's interest to have openness and transparency and that's something that I've called for. Uh, something the Taunas has called for Emil Martin and something the, the relevant minister, Catherine Martin, has called for. So um, that's a very clear position from government that uh, we need transparency from RTE, um, that all of these revelations are damaging what is an important organisation in our society and we should have full transparency. That's that's absolutely the position of government.
1: Okay, Tisha Kluveraka, thanks so much for joining us on The Last Word. Oh.
0: The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30.